Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the 271st edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In Nashville, Tennessee, I'm the Professor Emeritus, Matt Perkins. Potentially joining us later will be our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton. But for now, we have the man we can never get started without, the third amigo in the second city, a man who always measures twice and cuts once. It's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook. Yeah, you can never uh, not introduce me except for yesterday when you did the Pac-12 without me. Um, For those of you always curious when I pull the curtain back on the show, um, it's crunch time here at the end of summer. Uh, I'm getting ready for school. Corey's already started. Matt's really busy. So we're like, let's do our previews on some marathon sessions on the weekend. And yesterday I just wasn't free. And today, uh, coach probably isn't free. So yeah, coach is still recovering. I think from, he had his uh, first football game of the season on Friday night. Did not end well for our friends down at Hillwood high school. Uh, they lost 65 to seven to Kenwood. Uh, not, I think, the showing that coach would have liked to have seen to start the season. But to be fair, his team, uh, I think about more than 50% of their roster is freshmen. So they are quite young. And he's the offensive coordinator. He is the he, OC. He did better than the defensive coordinator <laughs> based uh, on that, based on that score. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get started, we want to remind you guys that we are brought to you by our presenting sponsor, betonline.ag. If you're into sports betting, betonline is the place you should go today to win some money, whether it's live bets during the game's futures for who you think will win conference championships and national title. We're talking lots of conferences today. BetOnline has all the odds, news, and information for your online sports betting need. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Before the next big game or before first week kickoff, head on over to Bet Online to start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Josh, we're doing group of five today. We'll probably throw in a yeah. little ind- independent action at the end. We're going to burn through these a little bit quicker. So uh, why don't you go ahead and take it away? We're going to start in the MAC, I think. Yeah, let's do the MAC first. Uh, the baby Big Ten. Uh, some great Midwestern football here. Uh, the MAC East, very, very, very interesting division. Um, probably one of the more interesting divisions of the entire country because there's very little separating Ohio, Kent State, Miami, and then moving over to New York, Buffalo. All four teams, very, very, very experienced on paper. What's going to be interesting is Ohio and Buffalo are, of course, bringing in new coaching staffs a little bit. Obviously, Buffalo had Lance Leopold leave uh, shortly after the Bulls. They had a little bit more time to get going. Ohio, Frank Solich retired. They promoted his longtime assistant offensive coordinator uh, to be the head man. So you'll see Tim Albin now calling things for Ohio. Um, So this is a very interesting division. I personally am leaning a little bit towards Ohio. I think Buffalo might have a bit more talent, but Ohio has a little bit more seamless coaching transition. And I'm sure... 
it's not a conflict of interest for Albin to call up Frank Solich and, and have uh, have some advice. Uh, but those four teams are clearly better than Akron and Bowling Green. Both teams are rebuilding. Um, honestly, for Akron and Bowling Green, a success would be winning three or four games. Yeah, Bowling Green is is tough, man. They are not. They they are in a really bad spot right now. I think Kent State probably has the most explosive offense that we're going to be looking at, uh, especially, which is why I would lean on them to win the East personally. But I think you can definitely make a good argument for some of these other squads. My thing is that I think the West as a whole is actually uh, might might be a little bit stronger of a division. I think that between Western Michigan, I think Eastern's going to have a pretty good year. Uh, and Toledo and I think reading champ ball state. I think you've got four very viable teams there. Northern Illinois is going to be Northern Illinois is actually one of the worst teams in all of FBS this year, which is crazy considering how good they were uh, just a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, it, it's funny that you picked Kent state. Kent state was the team that I, I had the hardest time um, not picking. I was like, I love Kent state. Their offense is awesome. And then it's just like, have they figured out how to play defense? Yeah, they're going to be winning games like 65 to 62. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, you hit the nail on the head here with the Mac West. Um, so a lot of people are liking some combination of Western Michigan, Toledo, and, of course, the defending champion, Ball State. Ball State was the great story last year, kind of emerging out of this whole uh, COVID-shortened season. Um but I do think that they have a great chance at repeating. Um, I don't think last year is a fluke. I think they're a really, really experienced team. Uh, they have some nice pieces that are back, including my money for the best quarterback in the division and one of the contenders for Offensive Player of the Year, Drew Plitt. Great quarterback here at the MAC level. Um, so that is always going to help them out. Um, it's a little bit chalky because Athlon Sports are good friends over there, are picking Toledo. Um, but I do think that Toledo is an intriguing team. Um, they had an incredible offense a year ago 35 points per game, over six yards per play. They return a nasty backfield, including first team all Mac selection, uh, Bryant Kobach. Uh, he's a selection for 2021. Um, a lot of people thought that he would have gotten it last year. He's awesome. Uh, they have probably the best receiving core in the division and all five offensive linemen are back. Um, just talent to talent. Unfortunately, I think Toledo's a little bit ahead of Ball State, but you know what? Ball State, they won their first MAC last year since 1996. Uh, would be great to see them back up the Cinderella story with a Cinderella sequel. Um, but they're, they're both really fun teams to watch uh, in terms of lower in the division. Um, Matt, you picked Eastern Michigan. I I've seen them as high as fourth and I've seen them as low as six. So it, I think I just think they're a sleeper, man. I just think yeah. they're a sleeper. I think even central could be a little bit of a sleeper as well. Yeah. I like, I like West. I like Western though a lot. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like this Western team. Especially, um, I think that they have some really nice pieces on both on both the lines. I think that they have uh, probably the best defensive line in the conference. Ralph Holly, 
Ali Fayed, uh, Brandon Fisk. I, th- I mean, they've got guys who can who can do a little bit of everything, which is, you know, I being the former offensive lineman that I am, I'm always going to lean towards a team that's really strong on the lines. That's why I really like Western. I have Kent State and Western as my title game, uh, which, you know, yeah. uh, the one thing that would sort of make me maybe do a little bit of pause on that, Western schedule is tough because they have to go to Toledo. They're at Eastern Michigan in a, what's going to be a tough one. Crossover game, they're at Buffalo, which I still think Buffalo, despite not having Lance Leopold anymore, still has a lot of really good players and still is going to have some of that infrastructure that Leopold built there. One of my favorite non-conference games, though, in the entire country this year, going to be September 25th when San Jose State comes to town to play Western Michigan. San Jose State is a team, obviously, one of the great stories of last season, who I'm really high on again coming into this season. They're returning 21 of 22 starters. So we'll talk about them a little bit later when we get out to the Mountain West. So, Josh, who, is your, who are your offensive, defensive players of the year, et cetera, for the MAC? Uh, just real quick, I did want to circle back. You talked about Central Michigan. I think Central Michigan is always an interesting X factor as long as they have their current coaching staff, mm-hmm. much like Ohio was for many, many years with Frank Solich because it's very rare to have – the power five coach go down to the group of five. Usually it's the group of five up and comer gets the power job. If it doesn't work out, they, you know, become like a assistant somewhere or maybe move on to the NFL. Uh, Jim McElwain is a guy that a lot of sec schools were pretty high on and Florida obviously hired him. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting story there. Um, yeah. My title game, I am going with uh, Toledo, as I said, and the East, man, that's so tough. But I am going with Ohio. I'm, okay. I'm going. I'm, I'm going with a uh, interstate rivalry right there. Um, I think. Uh, I think Toledo's offense, though, will will nip the Bobcats. Unfortunately. All right. All right. Oh. Uh, offensive defensive players of the year. Oh, I've got Kent State beating Western Michigan in the title game, by the way. On a, uh, and just like I, I've got Kent State being one of the highest scoring offenses in the entire country this year, so Ooh. I'm really high on that team. I think I've got—I'll say it right now—I got Dustin Crum as the Offensive Player of the Year for the conference and uh, Defensive Player of the Year um, in the conference. Uh, I have—I've uh, mentioned earlier Ali Fayed from Western Michigan, so. Um, I'm sticking sort of with, with, with my guns there. The only other guy I was thinking I consider for defensive player of the year was Gaddafi, right? The linebacker out of Buffalo, who's just super versatile and can really, uh, he, he's, he makes so many plays in the backfield that he's, you know, actually we're on the air right now. I'm going to switch my pick on the air. I'm taking Gaddafi, <laughs> right? As my defensive player of the year. My defensive player of the year is unfortunately a uh, pick a name out of a hat scenario. Um, the reason I have Ohio winning the division is I love their defense. They have the track record. They've placed at the top four of max scoring defense pretty much every year over the last decade. They held teams to 16.7 points a game last year. And pretty much every one of their starters and second in the two deep is back. So I have about, oh, 20 names of Ohio Bobcats I could throw at you. Uh, I think one of them is ultimately going to win it. Uh, my concern, though, is in addition to Frank Solich leaving through retirement, 
Um, it's just a new coaching, you know, new head coach. What does he do? You know, what kind of uh, freedom does he give Ron Collins to be a defensive coordinator? It's always curious, but yeah, I, I like your pick of the Buffalo linebacker. If you're going to go with an individual name uh, for offensive player of the year, uh, Toledo would be a fun one. And yes, I know it's Toledo. It's just fun to say it the Spanish way. I'm not an idiot. Because um, well, Ohio and Spain don't have a whole lot of things in common besides a, yeah. a, a city yeah. name. Yeah, Toledo has tons and tons of players to go with. You know, Brian uh, Kobach is uh, a sound pick. But I'm going to say that Ball State is in contention. And if they're in contention, it's going to be because of their quarterback, the aforementioned Mr. Drew Platt, Plitt, excuse me. Um, I just, I love his veteran leadership. I, I think he's going to put up some monster numbers. So uh, maybe Ball State doesn't win a second title in a row, but I think he wins Offensive Player of the Year title. Awesome. Yeah, I, I've got uh, Tim Lester as my coach of the year at Western Michigan. Like I said, like I'm, I'm pretty, I'm higher on Western Michigan this year than most. So uh, give me, give me the alum, Tim Lester, at his alma mater. Uh, in his in his fourth uh, fifth season fifth season um, as head coach, uh, becoming uh, sort of really putting them over the top this year. Well, it'd be pretty crappy to Frank Solich to give it to uh, <laughs> the interim coach replacing him and his longtime assistant. So I'll be nice and say because Toledo's winning the title according to my predictions, I'm going to go Jason Candle the Toledo. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to, I considered him, I considered Sean Lewis over at Kent State as well, a guy I really like. So, anyway, you see anyone getting fired this year in the MAC? I think the rebuilds are too big a, a, a job. You know, I think uh, Scott Loeffler hasn't been at Bowling Green for long enough just yet. Um, Akron's head coach, I think it's only his second or third year, maybe. Um, no, I, maybe... I mean, Hammock Maybe in Northern, Northern Illinois. Illinois. Yeah, Thomas, Ham- Thomas Hammock, I, yeah. a former Wisconsin running backs yeah. coach, actually. He's he's only in his third season. Um, but I don't know if, if they keep going, going but, the direction that they're but, going in. Yeah, I mean, first impressions just haven't been good for, for people wondering what are we talking about. Um, he was hired in, in 2019, took over after a pretty good rung by Rod Carey, although... Rod Carey's time at Temple hasn't been spectacular, but uh, in 2019, he was handed a team that people expected to do better than five and seven, four and four. And then last year, maybe it was just COVID stuff, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to explain away. Oh, and six with all of those losses coming in the conference Yeah, where the it Mac was- is usually a little bit more parody. Um, so yeah, I think, I think he needs to have a pretty good bounce back season because Northern has had such success lately that I don't know if they'll be expecting what they're getting out of him. All right. Where are we going next? Oh, I was thinking we'd head down South. All right. Let's do uh, it. The fun belt. Love the fun belt. Go from Maction to the fun belt. So uh, East division. I mean, is anyone not picking coastal Carolina in the entire country? I mean, coastal was ranked at times last year. Uh, Jamie Chadwell is back. I think everyone thought he was 
going to get a, a bigger job. Uh, their quarterback, Grayson McCall, uh, I think he was a freshman last year. So he was uh, kind of a nice little, uh, little how you do and welcome to college football. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that. Is this crazy to say, Matt, but if everything clicks for Coastal, could they be the group of five rep in a big old bowl game? You need Cincinnati to falter twice. Okay. You need Cincinnati to lose at least two games and hope that a like, you know, a Boise State or I hope that someone like a Boise State doesn't or a San Jose State doesn't go eleven and one or undefeated because I still think the level of competition in the belt isn't quite there. One of the interesting things to me about the uh, about the Sun Belt in general, I think that it, this is one of the conferences where the divisions are just so different. I think you can make a case that three of the top four or four of the top five teams are all in the East. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coastal, Appalachian State, obviously. I think Georgia. Dangerous. I think I think Georgia State's a pretty good squad as well. They've improved mightily over the last two three years. Yeah, and in the West, I mean, I think you've got you've got Louisiana, and then you got yeah. a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, uh, but, I mean. Ditto. I don't, I don't know what else to <laughs> what else to say. I mean, that, I mean, that it, is the story of the fun belt. I mean, like, you know, I Troy might make a little bit of noise. I think there's I think I think Troy's defense is light years ahead of their offense. Um, but I don't think that they have especially playmakers on offense a whole lot. Whereas you look at some of these teams, you look at Coastal Carolina, you look at Georgia State, you look at Louisiana, man, they got they got playmakers everywhere. Even Georgia Southern has playmakers. Now, I still don't like love that them as a team. I feel like they, they never sort of reached their max potential. And so I'm going to hold off like I was. I know you mean coach. I've always liked I've always had a soft spot for Georgia Southern. I'm backing off of them until they show me a little bit more. I think Georgia State is the best group of five program in that uh, in, in the state of Georgia right now. I think they're better than Georgia Southern. But yeah, I think we're I think we're headed for a repeat of Coastal and Louisiana in the Sun Belt title game, simply because, I mean, those teams have the combination of the most talent and the best coaches. Yeah, let's uh, let's look a little bit at some schedules. You, you throw out some group of five teams trying to win that uh, illustrious spot. So the Chanticleers they open with the Citadel. So got to figure they're winning that That's one. That's a win. Kansas in, in state rivalry against yeah. the Citadel, uh, Kansas, yeah. Kansas. Uh, that's a win. They, they did a home and home with them. They beat them last year in Lawrence, uh, uh, tripped up to Buffalo, New York. To, Ooh, that'll be a fun game, but I still to, think they'll pull that off. Yeah. Independent Massachusetts. Uh, and that's then a pretty bad team. And then they get into their conference. Um, ULM at Arkansas state at Appy state, Troy at Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Texas State, at South Alabama. So, um, you know, it's a pretty favorable schedule. Um, Obviously, the Appalachian State game is the toughest. Uh, Going to Jonesboro, never easy 
in this conference, but uh, there's wins to be had there. So the more likely contenders, Cincinnati, Central Florida, Boise, Uh, Cincinnati, you said they needed to falter twice. They have games to Indiana and to Notre Dame. They play Central Florida, obviously in conference. Um, They travel to Navy to Tulane. I don't think Navy's so, all that all, all going to be all you know all that great. I think Tulane's actually a much better team than Navy. We'll talk about them, I'm sure, in a little bit. But yeah. even like an undefeated Coastal Carolina team, whose best victory is either Appalachian State or Louisiana, is that more impressive than an 11 and two American Conference Cincinnati team whose only losses are at Indiana and at Notre Dame? I think because. Coastal was such a great story last year and appeared ranked at times. Um, I, I mean, they're know, starting the season ranked yeah, this year. Yeah, so I think it's possible. Um, okay. Central Florida has a really tough schedule. Boise State in the non-conference, a trip to Louisville in the non-conference, trip to Cincinnati in conference, trip to SMU in conference. And then uh, the old standby Boise, maybe uh, addition by subtraction, no longer having Brian Ayerson. Feel free to listen to our shows when Auburn hired him for our thoughts on on him. Uh, So obviously they have the Central Florida game I just mentioned. But uh, September 18th, an interesting game. They host out of the Big 12 future conference rival Oklahoma State. (laughs) Uh, that'll be that you know what that'll be fun i mean i think there'll definitely be some points in that one um they have a trip to provo a trip down to san diego state so boise's got an interesting schedule but yeah i mean uh you did a great preview of the the sun belt it's really all about who is coming out of this muddled east to take on louisiana um i think we should at least talk about the other teams real quick uh app state they've won at least nine games every year since 2015 they're going to be breaking in a new quarterback i think that's why a lot of people have uh coastal ahead of them uh georgia state team that's been mightily improved over the last few years uh they won four out of their final games a season ago to get their first their excuse me their third ever uh bowl uh sean elliott's really turned around that program plus we love the stadium they play in we thought that was one of the coolest renovations ever um they have a quarterback that does not get as much love because of grace mccall uh but cornelius brown the fourth is a hell of a quarterback he helped architect a offense that averaged over 33 points a game a season ago. He's got a good offensive line in front of him. Uh, That's why a lot of people like you, Matt, are high on the Panthers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that uh, the the other Cornelius, Cornelius McCoy, is a really nice target at wide receiver for him as well. So I I think that that Georgia State has a lot going from, you know, we've talked about them being a, a team that's been building for a while. And I think that they're, they're really starting to sort of reap the rewards of all of that sort of greater Atlanta area recruiting that they have been able to capitalize on being sort of Atlanta's team in, yeah. in many ways. Yeah. Uh, Troy is 
a team that is built very classically from the line out. They they return a star-studded offensive line. Uh, probably going to be all fun belt first team, their left tackle, Austin Stidham. I know you and Coach are more into the uh, the NFL-type uh, prospect stuff. Uh, Stidham getting much love for the next level? A little bit. A little nice. bit. Yeah. So Nice. Um, their defense, this is what I love to see. Their defense two years ago gave up 35 points per game, down to 25 last year. So Troy's moving in the right direction. And uh, Georgia Southern just, it's uh, its been a grind the last few years, to say the least. Um, I think a lot of it has been just that often that option offense requires so much fine timing and I think there was kind of a, a reason last year so many option teams during the COVID year struggled is there just wasn't the way to really practice that. Yeah, for sure. um, so I, I think it's fair to say that Georgia Southern is almost an X factor. I mean, they might come out of nowhere and contend for the division or they might be terrible. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then over in, uh, over in the West, yeah, Louisiana, everyone, I think every one of their brother is picking Louisiana to win. I have not seen a single publication that does not have Louisiana (laughs) winning. And like the gap there is so big. Like who's the second best team? I mean, I think it might be South Alabama. Troy. It's South Alabama or Troy. It's got to be one of the two. I don't know. That's the thing. They are, they are so far away. And then look in the same state. Monroe is probably the worst was one of the worst programs in all the, in all the country. Yeah. But you know who ULM has those, their new coach, Terry Bowden, Terry Bowden. Yeah. That, that's exactly what the man who go, invented Clemsoning. Let's go old school, baby. Let's bring back a blast from the past. Uh, yeah. I mean, for, for people at home who don't know why we're making it such a clear thing, Louisiana has won three straight division titles uh, Billy Napier is a phenomenal coach at this level of football. Keep his name in mind. I'm sure he's getting a much bigger I job. Was at hoping some point. Would hire, I was hoping Vanderbilt would hire him. He was my first choice. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, they returned their quarterback, Levi Lewis. He is a really good one. The other two I talked about in the other division also get more love. So he unfortunately might not be like all first team Sunbelt, but he's a really, really good quarterback. And then, yeah, I mean, just the the what's it going to be? So, like, Arkansas State, always reliable. Well, their nine-year bull streak was snapped last year. They have a new coach, Butch Jones. Do we do we trust Butch Jones? Or are we getting the Tennessee Butch? Or are we getting the Cincinnati? I don't know. Um, moving on down the line, Texas State. Uh, they are a... They're an interesting group. <laughs> um, they're five and nineteen under their current coach. But Matt, do you know how many of their last ten losses were narrow games? <laughs> Two, six of them. Oh, six of their last ten losses have come by single digits. Okay. So okay, so maybe they turn it around. Who knows? Or they might also be terrible. Uh, South Alabama, they enter a new coach, Kane Womack. So 
again, the, the questions of a new coach. And then finally, ULM. We talked about Terry Bowden. Um, they were 0-10 last year. And here's a stat for you. Uh, Louisiana Monroe, they scored 163 points last season. How many did they give up, Matthew? Oh, God. Just tell me. Um, I'll give you a hint. Wait, wait. So they they, they they scored 169 points, you said? They scored 163. I'll give and you a hint. How many games? How many games? They went 0-10 last year. Uh, 376. More. 398. More. 422. <laughs> Two less. 420 on the dot. So they gave up 42 points a game. Yes. That's not good. No. Last time I checked, that's not good. No, it's not. Uh, so, yeah, that's why we're, we're joking and saying Louisiana's winning it all. Uh, well, title game, unfortunately for Louisiana, yes, they've won three straight divisions. They've lost three straight conference title games. I've got Coastal winning it all. I've got Coastal's Grayson McCall winning Offensive Player of the Year honors. Um, what say you, Matt? Uh, Grayson McCall. Yeah, I mean, I I don't see. I mean, Levi Lewis maybe, but give me Grayson McCall yeah. all day. Yeah, um, it's pretty much unanimous. Um, everybody absolutely loves Troy's outstanding linebacker, Carlton Marshall. Carlton Marshall, do you know how big Carlton yeah. Marshall is at linebacker? Uh, he's a pretty big one. No, he's not. He's five. <laughs> kidding. He's five foot nine. He's five. He's a I five know. foot nine walk on. Yeah. Yeah. Who has <laughs> turned himself. in a phenomenal collegiate career. Yeah. He's amazing. He's, he's amazing. He is such a good tackler. He is yeah. so, like, I don't think I've ever seen him miss a tackle. It's unbelievable. Like he just, you know, I mean, He's like, I don't know. He, he he's not, I was going to say like Zach Thomas, just because I'm thinking about short linebackers or Dat and Win, but he, he plays with more speed than those guys because he's more of an outside guy. So I, I'm having a, a, maybe like a Levante David, if you remember from, from Nebraska, reminds me a little bit of him. So, um, all right. But uh, yeah, I, I've got him winning defensive player of the year, as yeah. I believe pretty much everyone who follows. Yeah, it's, it's hard not to. My, my, other, my other choice would be DeJordan Strong, the cornerback from Coastal Carolina, uh, who is a just, he's an absolute ball hawk in a lockdown corner. Yeah. Um, I don't have any coach getting fired. I think the, the teams that might have their coach get fired, like Troy or Texas State, um, has improved enough. And all the other teams that are going to finish near the bottom have brand new coaches. So that uh, that covers the fun belt. All right. Where are we going right. next? Oh, I thought we would uh, hop, skip, and jump across the country to our good friends at the Mountain West. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, do you want to go Mountain Division or... Western division. Let's, I feel like everyone starts in the mountain. So let's start in the Western. Let's start in the West. All right. Well, everyone is talking up Nevada. They are. Everyone they likes are. Carson Strong. Everyone loves yep. Carson Strong because he's got a strong arm. Uh-huh. Yeah. The question is do they have enough of a team around him? I've seen a lot of people picking the Wolfpack to win the division. Um, 
I am very, 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 very curious, though, about the Spartans. Josh, I want to, Josh. We, I, I think we, we might be the most pro Spartan <laughs> podcast. Well, pro, pro San Jose State Spartan, yeah, yeah. Uh, podcast. You're gonna find because I got the Spartans winning the winning the Western. Um, uh, yeah, they didn't play a home game last year because of COVID. They were like totally out of it. Didn't they have to like go to Las Vegas? Yes, but yet they were still <laughs> seven and one. Yeah, uh, Brett Brennan, like keeping them under control in that coaching like, I scenario. I think Nick Starkle is, is in his like eighth year to start at a third different yeah. school. But you know what? That doesn't mean he's got experience. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, they literally lost one player from their entire starting squad. And now don't, now don't get me wrong. Like it was uh, Bailey Gather and, or sorry, two players, Bailey Walker and Bailey Gather, Trey Walker, two yeah. really good uh, receivers. Besides that, they bring pretty much everybody back and including all five offensive linemen. linemen. Yes. Yeah. And they can, they can just put up points, man. They, they, they got 6.6 yard. They averaged 6.6 yards per play last year. Yeah. I, you know, I think, uh, I think getting the head receiving job. Now the, the top line on the depth chart, I think Isaiah Hamilton, think he'll put up some numbers mm-hmm. um, projections are San Jose state has something very unusual for the group of five based on how much the power teams gobble up this position and recruiting, but uh tight end Derek Deese jr. Mm. is getting a lot of love mm-hmm. coming out of the mountain West. So, you know, Nevada, yeah, I think he's the second best tight end in the conference. I think Trey McBride out of Colorado State's probably the best in the conference, yeah. but I think Deese is a very close second. Yeah. So Nevada's getting the love. Nevada's got the sexy quarterback, the next, you know, group of five quarterback to get picked highly in the NFL. People seem to love Jay Norvell, but uh, I'm sorry. I just. I'm going with the Spartans. I yeah, like them better. You and me both. I like um, them better. I think that Nevada to me feels like a team that's set up to fail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, they they really do. Like I think the the expectations based on what we've seen them do in the past, they don't line up to me. And so the last really great who was the last really great uh Mountain West quarterback two seasons ago? Who was the guy who had all the hype in the world? Um Matthew, if I could show you my second monitor that I'm looking at, I've already brought up Jordan Love's yes. numbers. Yes, uh, from that Utah is State. Literally, exactly what I was about <laughs> to say. And what would I yeah. tell you about Jordan Love? He had all the hype of the world coming in. His numbers got worse. Now, part of that is because he had Gary Anderson as his coach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but also, the defense sucked. Yeah. And I don't think Nevada has a defense. And like he threw like Jordan Love threw like threw like 20 interceptions his last year. Like he was turning the ball because he was trying to force it all the time. I think Carson Strong's gonna do the exact same thing. I don't mm, don't see it, man. Yeah. Um, their offensive line also, by the way, gave up 20 sacks a season ago. That's a little concerning for a team if you're picking them yeah, to like win two and a half a game a conference title. Uh you normally see the the big the big boys in the conference in any conference usually are much closer to uh Maybe one, one and a half sack yeah. a game allowed. Yeah, no more than two typically. Yeah. Uh, also in this division, a lot of people uh, I think are curious about Fresno State. 
It's a team that got a whole lot better under Jeff Tedford, but then he left for health purposes a few years ago, and then they kind of took a step back. So where exactly are they under head coach Kalen DeBoer? Uh, They're an interesting group. They are an interesting group. Their offense is pretty good. They finished second in the conference, averaging almost 33 points per game. So that is uh, something that can help. Defensively, they gave up 30 points a game. It's something that is not good. Um, I joke with uh, with Questa, if I'm doing a chore or something and she comes over and starts to distract me, I'll turn to her and I'll be like, hey, Questa, that's our dog, by the way, for new listeners. I go, hey, Questa, are you being a help or a hindrance? Um the Bulldog defense, are they a help or a hindrance, Matt? Uh, I'm going to go with hindrance, Josh. I'm going to go with hindrance. Uh, secondly, Josh, have you seen the schedule for the Bulldogs? Oh, it's a little bit of a grind. Um, road trips to Oregon and UCLA. Mm-hmm. What uh, about? Road trips to San Jose State and oh. a Wyoming team that I am really high on, like mm-hmm. really, really high on. Like I might be like I I might be I'm I'm smoking whatever the Cowboys are, are lighting up for me Ooh. because I am all in on Craig Bull. Um, they t- they go to San Diego State, which is always a tough team. Boise at home, Nevada at home, and they have to head out to the islands, and that's always going to be tricky. Late late game at Hawaii, so. Fresno State's schedule does not bode well for them, I don't think. And I think that's going to be, you want to talk about defense being a hindrance. I think the schedule is as much of a hindrance as the defense. Um, Next up, a team that we used to love. We gave a lot of airtime to San Diego State in the past. I feel like rightfully so. Uh, I I think so, too. Yeah, I mean, we loved Rocky Long. We loved mm -hmm. the style of play. But he, of course, retired to then join a former assistant staff down at New Mexico, a place where he coached before San Diego State. So San Diego State had a new coach last year. Uh, They dipped into their previous uh, head coaching ranks. They brought back Brady Hoke after his disastrous tenure at Michigan. Michigan. Uh, They went four and four last year in his first season. They have, uh, well, good running attack. What else is new? Like like, like we're, we're sort of used to. Um, The problem is their running attack was really good between the 20s and not so good at producing touchdowns. They averaged under 25 points a game last season. So that's kind of an issue. Uh, Aztec defense, though, this is what has people excited. This is why a lot of people think the Aztecs can make a bowl game this year. Um, They're projected to have possibly the best defensive line in the conference. Um, they have a really, really good defensive end in Cameron Thomas. They also have a really, really good linebacker in Caden McDonald. Uh, this team gave up just 18 points a game last year. So if you say defense wins champions and you are looking for an even bigger X factor than San Jose, maybe you talk yourself into San Diego State. I just don't see enough offense, Matt. I don't either. I don't either. And I think with the other two teams sort of at the bottom of the West, Hawaii is a, it's just, it's always a weird team. And and yeah, I mean, they've got the Bluetooth that he gets reception on the Island, which is good for him. Uh, Chavin Cordero is a solid quarterback, but 
again, like it's Hawaii. What's the problem? It's defense. They never have defense. They gave up 212 yards a game on the ground last year. Not a good recipe. UNLV is just, it has been a dumpster fire for a while. They were 0 and 6 last year. Uh, they, they got more than doubled up in, in terms of points uh, against versus points scored. Not a good sign for them at all. I want to head though. I want to, I want to talk about the mountain though. Uh, I want to say one last thing about uh, these two teams, Hawaii specifically, Matt, I thought this was interesting. They came out and said, they are not going to allow fans in their stadium for COVID. The last time I checked Aloha stadium has been like condemned and not allowed to have fans in it. And they don't have a new stadium <laughs> built yet. <laughs> Hey man, the, 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 I mean that's just good marketing. Then that's just good marketing for them. Oh, we're not going to have fans at the stadium. Like bigger news. We're, oh, we're saying it's because we're responsible COVID people. Subtext: Our stadium is such a piece of junk that they're not allowed yeah. in to begin with. Yeah. All right. So over in the Mountain Division, I think most people are doing the trendy, popular thing, and they're just penciling in Boise State. Doesn't matter that uh, they have a new coach in Andy. Aviles uh, doesn't really matter that they have a uh, new offensive uh, coordinator in Tim Plow. Uh, doesn't really matter that they had some roster turnover. They're saying, hey, it's Boise State. They've been it's the, a, it's, it's the Alabama of the Mountain uh, West, yeah, right? That, yeah, that they've been a machine. So let's do something a little bit different, Matt. Let's say. It's finally happened. Boise State has too many new faces to overcome this. There's finally going to be a new team biting the apple. Where are you going? Are you going Wyoming? Are you going Air Force? Those are the two other really good teams in this division. Where are you going, Matt? I'm Wyoming all day. All right. Wyoming all day. You've wanted to talk about them for a while. uh, Josh, uh, can I give one quick disclaimer for our, our fans? Yeah, go for it. Um, Matt's favorite NFL team is currently quarterbacked by Josh Allen, so he is required to required suddenly love <laughs> to love Wyoming. Well, I I love Wyoming, and actually, it's because it's despite the quarterback play this year. I uh, I think that they're I, I think that the, the quarterback situation for uh, I'm calling them my Cowboys at this point is uh, not the strength of this team. It's the backfield. Oh man. Uh, this is Xavier Valade, Trey Smith. Uh, I mean, they've got two phenomenal backs, two phenomenal backs. There's a case to be made that are, that they are the two top backs in the entire conference. I don't know if they, I, I still like Ronnie rivers a lot at Fresno state um, as I do Brad Roberts at Air Force, but I think these two guys are right there with them. And I think that their rushing attack is going to be awesome. But man, you want to talk about the reason that this team is going to win is because their defense. They got playmakers at every single level of the defense. Uh, they held teams to about 21 points a game last year. That's pretty darn good. And they get their best edge rusher from 2019 back, and he missed all of last year, Solomon Boyd. Craig Bull is already a defensive guy. Uh, I think Jay Sawville, their defensive coordinator, is a guy who's probably going to get a group of five head coaching jobs sooner rather than later. But, I mean, they've got 
they got dudes everywhere on uh, in, in the defensive uh, on the defensive side, especially in the secondary. Uh, I'm looking at Azizi Hearn at corner, both safeties, Rome Weber, Asias Gandy, uh, CJ Colden at corner, linebackers, Chad Muma, Easton Gibbs. Uh, and like I already mentioned, Bird on the edge. Like they've got guys everywhere. And I think that this is the best defense in the conference, full stop. And that's why they're winning the mountain. All right. Well, that's interesting because I like Air Force for much of the same reasons you put out there. So uh, Air Force, just as a reminder, they finished three and three last year. Very strange, you know, COVID year, the offense of teams that run an option and timing offenses and stuff tended to, to struggle a little bit. And Air Force was in that group. They went 11 and two in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pretty good program here can over the last I, can few I throw years. In a, a quick disclaimer before you move on. Yes. With all of the, you know, how all these guys got an extra year of eligibility because of COVID, mm-hmm. that doesn't make a difference at service academies. At service mm-hmm. academies, you go and you have four years no yep. matter what. Yeah. So Army, Air Force, Navy, they are not getting all these extra no. scholarship players back. No. They and so I think that that is definitely going to put them at a uh, you know a little bit behind the eight ball for not just this season but for a couple of seasons to come. So I think I think that I think that's a little bit tough for some of these schools. Now Air Force they have a ton of talent. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Air Force has a ton of talent. I really yeah. like this team as well, and I'll let you tell us why. All right. Well, let's start with the offense. So yes, their offense struggled at times last year, going three and three, but they have their starting quarterback back, full year of practice after kind of a six-game shortened debut as a starter, Hazik Daniels. Uh, Their backfield is really good, as you would expect with this type of offense. Brad Roberts last year had 461 yards in just the six-game season. Uh, They have a nice tight end in Kyler Patterson and Brandon Lewis, very, very talented receiver. So if Daniels grows as a thrower... You got to like their offense. Matt, you spent a lot of time talking about the Wyoming defense. Can I tell you about the Air Force defense? Please. Well, they led the conference at scoring. They also held teams to just five yards per play. Only one team, the big bad Boise State Broncos, scored more than 17 points against Air Force. That's a nice stat. That's a nice little stat right there. Yeah. So, uh, they have several players who didn't play at all last year. They were contributors to the 11 win 2019 team. They did not play last year for various factors, most of them injury for these players, but they are back. So, Wyoming, you said might be the best defense of the country or the conference. In fact, you were emphatic that they were the best team and the best defense of the conference. Air Force might actually be the best defense in the conference for all we know. All so, right. Well, I, we're going to have to agree, disagree that. I think Air Force is number two, but I think Wyoming yeah. is. I think Wyoming well, just has studs. So, Matt, let's circle back to the question, though. We've just passionately defended Wyoming and passionately defended Air Force. Are you putting your money where your mouth are? Are you saying Wyoming, at the end of the day, is ahead of Boise and going to that title game? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. I was about to almost say they're not just going, they're winning, but I still have San Jose State winning title. 
but I've got I've got that as like a nip and tuck, like twenty yeah. to seventeen game. I've got San Jose State winning the Mountain West title over Wyoming. Uh, I've got Boise finishing third. I have Air Force second in the Mountain. I think this is going to be a down year for uh, for the Bronx. This is this is my holdup for Air Force. Their schedule in the middle of October gets nasty. They have Wyoming on the ninth trip to Boise on the 16th, San Diego state on the 23rd, and then the bye week before the big rivalry with army. That that is a daunting five weeks stretch there. Four tough games in five weeks. And they get um, both, both yeah. of their uh, commander in chiefs games are on the road. Yeah. So, uh, that is why I'm tempted to waffle and say, well, I just lied to all of our listeners, but I'm not going to waffle. I really do like this Air Force team. I think that Boise State just has too much turnover. Doesn't mean they're done. Doesn't mean they're going to fall apart and go 2-10. and 10. Boise will make a bowl game. Boise will be a factor in this conference. They might even win the whole freaking conference. That's how good they are. Uh, but I just think for this year at least, Look at a different direction. Um, real quick, anything to love about our other teams in this conference? We got Steve Adazio heading to Colorado uh, State. I like the offensive coordinator. Uh, their new offensive coordinator, John Budmeyer, former quarterbacks coach from Wisconsin. He's the one who brought in Graham Mertz, uh, Wisconsin stud quarterback. He's been pretty good developing quarterbacks over the past couple of years. I'm excited to see what he does up there with a lot of talent, I think, that Colorado State has. But going to be tough to put it all together uh and then oh, well, the, 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 bottom- the rams last year uh had a stinky 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 offense it can only get better yeah <laughs> that's how bad their numbers were a year ago but the defense uh still uh you know a lot of room for improvement gave up 36 points a game last year yeah so uh and the bottom two teams are as bad as the bottom two of any conference or the any lobos. division i should say the lobos yeah danny mm-hmm. gonzalez um they got better as the season went on, but they still finished two and five last year. And Only thing I like is that they get Terry Wilson, the former yeah. Kentucky quarterback, who, uh, who who could be one uh, one of the good one of the better players at that position in the conference. And Utah State, man, I mean, I don't know what Blake Anderson is thinking taking that job, but I I don't know, man. It's it's not going to be fun. How disappointed were Utah State? administrators when they realized that even though they went from Gary Anderson to Blake Anderson, they'd still have to change the name on the door because they don't spell their last names the same. It's because Ga- Gary Anderson just makes everything more difficult. He has to spell <laughs> his last name and D-E-R-S-E-N. And he has to just come in and muck everything up everywhere he goes. So, um, yeah, we I don't think we really need to uh, say much more. Let's... Uh, yeah, the, uh, I'm, I'm going to tie one thing onto Utah State, though. Um I don't know if a team in this conference that has more incoming transfers, they hit the portal very hard. They had to maybe, maybe a few of those pieces will, will strike lightning and um, Utah state hovers around 500. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Uh, we we got to keep, we got to keep moving. We're getting pressed for time here. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. quickly. San, San Jose. Yeah. San, I, got, I, I got San Jose state over air force. I got San Jose State over Wyoming. Uh, offensive player of the year. Are you going with the Carson Strong? Nick Starkle. Uh, beating, beating the drum? 
Nick Sarkel. Yeah, same. <laughs> okay. Defensive player of the year? Uh, defensive the player of the year. That one's tough for me because I, I highlighted all those Air Force players that I really like. Uh, who are you going with? Um, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Chad Muma, uh, the linebacker at Wyoming. Uh, I think that he is a guy who is fantastic against the run, improving against the pass, and with Solomon uh, Bird coming back to occupy a, more blockers, especially in passing downs, he's going to have to have a chance to uh, improve his sack numbers on blitzes, and I think they're going to have the top defense in the conference, and he's the leader of that defense. All right, I think. <sighs> But I as will much, say I, I'm in the minority there because yeah. I know everyone seems to be picking Cade Hall from San Diego State or San Jose State. I mean, yeah, I mean he's the he's the popular pick. I I'm so tempted to take either Christopher Herrera, Jordan Jackson, those uh, those defensive linemen at Air Force. Um, Do it, and then, uh, they also have really good linebackers, Demonte Meeks and Lakota Wills. I, I I'm going to go with Herrera. I'm going to go with Herrera. I think, I think if Air Force makes the title game, you got to go with one of their players. All right. Uh, Matt, you have any coaches getting fired from this conference? Uh, mm, probably not unless things take a super steep nosedive down at um, uh, San Diego State. And then it, it might be this might be the, the Brady Hoke swan song. But it's only a second Ooh, season, so I don't really see that happening. So... No, I, I think this is going to be a year of minimal coaching turnover across the country um, outside of the Pac-12, which Coach and I talked about um, a, a fair bit yesterday. We both think there's going to be three coaches fired over there. So, oh. Well, uh, the show hasn't been posted that I know of. I haven't seen it. It has not been posted, no. So who'd you pick? Uh, this will be news to me. Clay Helton. Uh, oh. And and then I had him fired last year, <laughs> and I had him fired the year before. Uh, no, Clay, uh, Herm Edwards, because of all of the uh, turmoil going on in that program, uh, especially from the NCAA sanction Ooh. realm, and then Nick Rolovich, because he's just keep he's just digging his own grave deeper and deeper every day. Uh, yeah, he's a little bit of a shine from Hawaii days has come off. All right, uh, let's. Keep this going. We got oh, coach of the year though. You didn't give me your coach of the year though for uh for the conference. San Jose State going back to back, baby. Come on. Give me Brett Brennan. I got I got Craig Bull. Fair enough. Fair All enough. Right. All right. We gotta we, we gotta keep it moving because I'm I'm running up on a deadline here. So let's go very quickly through conference USA. Oh man, I had like an hour to talk about UTSA. Come on, well, you can. Uh, I mean, you, you can you can record that separately and email it to me, and I'll post it if you want to do the uh, uh, all right. the Roadrunner hour. But all right, well, the biggest, honestly, the biggest thing about Conference USA is what the hell is happening in the Eastern Conference, the Eastern Division. Excuse me. Literally, no one knows. Because Marshall has the best team on paper, yet they like stumbled into firing Doc Holliday. So they have a new coach, Charles Huff. So, okay. All right. <laughs> like, will they, they return the best talent in the division. But, you know, what does, what does that mean with the new coach? Uh, you have Willie Taggart, Florida Atlantic. Kind of an interesting story there. You got Western Kentucky who hit the transfer portal 
super hard. You got the rising Charlotte 49ers who uh, made a bowl in 2019 and then went two and four last year. So uh, which team could they really be? I thought they were a program on the rise till the weird COVID stuff last year. Uh, Middle Tennessee, uh, Rick Stockstill still has a job. How? Seven and f- seven and fourteen over the last two years. How do they bounce back? That's the, that's no. the question. No, they don't. And then you have Florida International, who went to three consecutive bowls under Butch Davis, but very weird. They were hit extremely hard by COVID and went zero and five. Yeah, so do they bounce back? Team I'm highest on. Um, I don't not not saying that they're going to win. We also, the, we also left off Old Dominion, but they didn't play a year ago. Yeah, so the the team that I'm the highest on that uh, I don't know if they're going to win the division. I really like Western Kentucky. Uh, I love what they're doing offensively. Zach Kitley is a really great offensive mind, and Bailey Zap. I don't know. Well, we watched FCS football last year. He put up just insane numbers at Houston Baptist with Zach with Zach Kitley as his play caller. And I think we've seen big offenses out of Western Kentucky before. Uh, and they've already got the best mascot and a really good defensive line. And I I mean, yeah, yeah, they hit the I think they could start an entire 22 with the transfer portals away the way that they hit it. But I think Western Kentucky is gonna be a team to reckon with. Uh, yeah. I think FAU and Marshall still have more talent on paper, but I really like Western Kentucky. And let's face it, who's the coach of Florida Atlanta? Florida Atlantic, Willie Taggart. <laughs> mm, eh, not not our uh, not, not a guy that we have been super high on here for a while. I still don't understand why they fired Doc Holliday. So I'm yeah. I might you know what I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm feeling I'm feeling like living dangerously today. Western Kentucky wins the East. All right. I I think it doesn't matter because whoever wins the East is going to get obliterated in the title game. Uh, The West has the three best teams in the entire conference. Oh, for sure. You have UAB. A lot of people are picking them. Uh, Bill Clark has guided UAB to two league championships over the last three years. Yeah, they're so good. Yeah. Um, They're very, very good team. Uh, they have a very sound running game. Uh, Spencer Brown has put up lots and lots of numbers. He's gone. But Dwayne McBride, everyone is like, this is a reload, not a rebuild situation at running back. Um, so they they are a popular team. The Roadrunners beat beep UTSA. Um, they almost won the division a year ago in his first season. They returned pretty much everyone. So both sides of the ball in that comment. So that is that is something to look at. Uh, their running back, Sincere McCormick, is phenomenal at any level of football. Uh, that's something to keep an eye on. And then old, reliable Louisiana Tech. Skip Holtz has taken this team to seven straight bowl games. So mm-hmm. they are, you know, these three teams are head and shoulders above anything that the West can produce or the East can produce, excuse me, Matt, uh, who do you have emerging out of these three or are you going, 
You're going crazy to take it Southern Miss. I, I'm not or as North much Texas, as I like as much as I like Frank Gore Jr. Like who's <laughs> or <like>, UTEP? <laughs> as much as oh, no, you couldn't pay me to take UTEP. Um, <laughs> like as, as much as I as I love Frank Gore Jr., I can't take Southern Miss. I'm and North Texas is a really good quarterback in Austin. On I feel like North Texas always has a good quarterback at this point, but. I mean, I'm I'm going chalk here in UAB. All right, uh, Tyler Johnston at quarterback, uh, Dwayne McBride at at running back. You know, all of the um, I think that they've got a a really good offensive line. They get most of their guys back there, and they they've just proven since they came back to football that they are they win. They yeah. just win, and I don't have a reason. I don't have a strong enough reason to pick against them at this point. No, I, I think they're a little bit more of a complete team um, than Louisiana Tech is. Um, and then if you just kind of compare talent, I think UTSA has some phenomenal players and a more complete set because they basically returned everyone. But the talent you still like at UAB. So it's a little boring for podcast purposes, but I think UAB is the smart pick. Um, I have them beating who the hell cares. It doesn't matter. Doesn't the other matter. division is a mess. Um, I think that uh, the last team I kind of want to talk about for a moment is Rice. A little bit of an interesting story. They played a very abbreviated schedule last year, just five games. They looked competent in all of them going two and three. And all of its losses were by 10 points or less. So Mike Bloomgren, is he building something there? Does Rice, you know, add a few wins and suddenly, holy cow, they are six and six and going bowling. That will be the interesting thing, I think, for the Owls. They also have the talent to maybe they're the divide, they're the deciding factor of this random game in October, UAB was upset by Rice, and suddenly that's what keeps them from going to the title game. Yep. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Yep. Um, so offensive player of the year. Um, I'm going chalk here. I think sincere McCormick is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, at your Western Kentucky team, their defensive lineman, D'Angelo Malone has been getting buzz from literally every publication related to CUSA. So I'm going chalk. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to go Frank Gore jr. Um, uh, and Southern Myth, just because I think he's going to put up absolutely ridiculous numbers for Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, defensive Player of the Year, I'm with you on Malone. And, you know, I, I, I don't have a good enough handle to tell you who's going to be fired around these parts. I but. I think the the interesting one is Dana Demel at UTEP. Mm-hmm. Um, their team statistically has gotten better. Their team eye test wise has gotten better. Maybe UTEP's fan base is super patient and can live with that and say, Hey, we are improving. He's also five and 27 in four years there. Yeah. Not a good and, sign. And at some point you need wins. So I yeah. think Dana Dimmel's the interesting one. Definitely. Okay, I have a hard out in six minutes, so we have to go through the American extraordinarily fast. Well, that should be easy then, Matt, because uh, 
We're only sponsored by the American. Do you want to take it away? This is your your baby. This is my baby. Uh, Cincinnati, we all saw what they can do last year. Much ink has been spilled about how good Cincinnati is and how good of a coach Luke Fickle is. I think that obviously Cincinnati is the class of the conference. and They've moved themselves to be uh, not just a little bit, but I think probably head and shoulders talent-wise, execution-wise above everybody else. UCF gets Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn is... Frankly, an underappreciated coach. I actually like this hire a lot for UCF. I think he's an upgrade from Josh Heupel when it comes to coaching acumen. He's bringing in some really good players via the portal. Uh, a couple guys over from Auburn with him who are going to shine at the group of five level. Yes, the defense needs to improve. New defensive coordinator Travis Williams. He'll be an interesting guy to watch out for. I'm down on Houston. A lot of people like Houston. I'm down on Houston. I didn't like Dana Holgerson at West Virginia. I didn't think he was a very good coach there. I am up on Tulane. I have them finish. I have uh, I have Tulane uh, in my notes, finishing second in the conference Ooh. to Cincinnati. I am I, I'm I'm smoking all of the Tulane uh, things or drinking all. I, actually, in this case, it's drinking hurricanes, baby, because uh, it is down in New Orleans. I mean, you, you know how much you know we love we love that Tulane team, and quite frankly, uh, Willie Fritz, all all one of favorite guy for among all of us uh, chip long now calling plays for them. I think that's going to be good. Michael Pratt, uh sneaky under the radar quarterback who I think could put up some really big numbers this year. I think that they have uh, one of uh, the strongest back sevens in the American up front though. They're going to have to, they're going to have to uh, get after the quarterback a little bit better. Their sack numbers weren't great. And because they couldn't get after the quarterback, they were susceptible to susceptible to big plays. They gave up 19 plays of 40 or more yards last season. I think that their new coordinator, Chris Hampton, is going to be able to take care of that. And I love the green wave. Tulsa, nice season last year. Want to see them, want to see if they can repeat that. Don't I'm not completely bought in. Memphis, uh, you know, it's Memphis. They lost a ton of dudes to the transfer portal. I'm not sure how much it matters, though, because they still have really good playmakers at a lot of different positions, most notably Calvin Austin at wide receiver ECU. Like the, then we get to the bottom of the conference, ECU Navy, South Florida and temple temples. Awful. Temple is just simply God awful at this point. <laughs> temple I, temple went one and six last year, but they were without a doubt the hardest hit COVID casualty yep. in this conference. Yep. So if you are a, Temple fan over there in Philly, you're hoping that last year was just a weird fluke. Mm -hmm. um, one team you skipped over, Matt, that I'm really curious about. Uh, we love their uniforms. We SMU. love the ponies. Yeah, SMU. Uh, um, yeah. Sonny Dykes has them cooking. They went 17 and six over the last two seasons. Uh, the big question for them, it seems like they have offensive playmakers all over the field, but Shane Bouchelle. Finally done after a wonderful 25-year collegiate career. Um, who steps up and, and wins? They've got uh, Oklahoma transfer, Tanner Mordecai. They also have a freshman coming in, Preston Stone. That's the uh, quarterback battle as of now. I'm kind of of the mindset with their receiving core and their offensive line and their running back group that kind of like it almost doesn't matter that they should be fine. Um, so I think SMU's the really interesting team. Do they upset the apple cart and win the whole enchilada? 
Yeah. It, I mean, I feel like they have the highest variance of any team in the conference along alongside Tulsa. Um, I, I, I really don't know what to, what to think out of Tulsa. Yeah. So uh, Navy is very strange. Um, they went three and seven last year. A couple years ago in 2018, they went three and 10 and everyone was like, this is it. Navy's falling apart. They can't be in a conference. Kenny Matalolo, get rid of him. He's done. In 2019, they went 11 and two. I'm of the mindset. I've said it now about 35 times now on this episode. The option attacks last year struggled. So I think Navy is going to be better than I've seen them like ninth in the conference in a few publications. I think they will actually be a little bit better than that. Uh, I think USF could turn some heads by finishing DFL. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they could fall apart. Yeah, um, I agree. I completely yeah, agree. Th- their offense last year was a sight to behold at how inept it was. Uh, my champion, <sighs> until I see otherwise, I'm going with the Bearcats. There's just I can't, too much I can't, to you love. You can't not go with yeah. the Bearcats. Uh, me too. Uh, I, I've got the Bearcats and, you know, it's 11 team conference. They don't have divisions. Top two yeah. teams uh, play in the title game. I've got them and Tulane. I've got, got, I've got uh, Desmond, Desmond Ritter. Ritter as my offensive player of the year. I've got okay. Ahmad Gardner, the best cornerback in the group of five yes. as my defensive player of the year. Yes. And, okay. Uh, and I've got Willie Fritz as my coach of the year. Yes. I, I love all of that. Perfect. Perfect. All right. FBS independence. Very, very, very quick. Uh, there, I'm going to do this just a tad different. I, cause like, it's hard to find a preview. There's not the a preview. In, so. so I found, uh, some Vegas over and unders for you, Matt. Let's do it. Uh, army is yep. eight is their number. They have Let's... six home games, two neutral site games, only four true road games. They go to Wisconsin. That'll be hard. They host wake forest. That'll be hard, but they have Connecticut and Massachusetts. In, and short, yeah. So they they're at Georgia State. Good game. I think they win it. Western Kentucky at home. West Kentucky won't be clicking by them. They'll beat UConn at home. They should beat Miami of Ohio at home. Uh, Ball State away is going to be tough. Wisconsin. That's a loss at Wisconsin. Wake Forest at home is going to be a great game. At Air, uh, they. The, I think the Air Force Army is actually a neutral site game. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's fair to say Jeff Munkin, proven commodity. Yeah. So actually, uh, you know, looking at the uh, schedule, I've got losses against Wisconsin. Air Force, uh, probably Liberty. Yeah. Um, I, I think eight's a push. Yeah. They're a, I think they're a bull team. The one concern I have is their offensive line just has one starter back. So who knows? But who knows? I, I, Monk and proven commodity. Uh, BYU's over under is six and a half. Where are you on our good friend, the mushroom man, Shataki? Uh, despite losing Zach Wilson and Brady Christensen, who I thought was the best left tackle in football last year, they have a lot of guys returning, man. And I, I think I think they're going to be good. I, I've got them at eight wins. So, uh, you know, g- give me the over on BYU. I think, yeah, I, I think BYU is an interesting team as well. Uh, their schedule, they have Arizona and Utah and Arizona State all in uh, the Pac-12 matchup. I wonder if that's them trying to, uh, yes. to sneak yeah, another the league. Yes. Uh, they host BYU, um, but there's also some really winnable games on this. They also have Washington State later in the year, but some really winnable games like, I'm sorry, Baylor, they can win that. South Florida, they're going to win that. Georgia Southern, Idaho State. So, yeah, there's there's wins to be found on this schedule. Uh, one of the worst teams 
in a while. And then they, they didn't play last year. Uh, Connecticut, two and a half is their over-under. Uh, under. Fair the enough. UConn, I don't even want to go through the schedule. Fair Frankly, enough. I don't have time to go through the schedule. Liberty. Liberty. The good, the good <sighs> story last year, over-under, nine. That's you the know, number. It, it, it's an interesting number with Liberty because... Um, I mean, we all like Malik they, Willis. Because everyone loves Malik Willis. Huh? And like, I just, in my heart of hearts, want them to fail so badly. <laughs> I want them to fail so badly. But man, their schedule sets up nicely. Only like toughest games at Ole Miss, at UAB, and uh, Louisiana at home, Army at home. I mean, like they've got it. They, their schedule is easy, easy, easy. Um, what'd you say it was? Nine and a half? Nine. Nine. On the dot. You can push <sighs> if you want to. No, I'm going to say on our eight and four. All right. Uh, next up. Always surprising that they're an independent because why doesn't the Conference USA add them? If Conference USA can stomach god-awful UTEP being in their conference, why is New Mexico State not in their conference? Uh, New Mexico State's number per Vegas is two on the dot, even two. Uh, Their schedule has uh, UTEP, their rival, a home-and-home with Hawaii. That's always fun. Uh, they have a FCS team in South Carolina State, but they also head to Alabama and, and Kentucky and San Jose State <laughs> and Nevada. Yeah, uh, going to um, be interesting. I've I'll, I'll take a push on that. I'll, I think they can uh, they can beat South Carolina State and uh, they could probably split that Hawaii. Yeah, and then maybe win UTEP. So maybe they win three. Yeah, uh, Notre Dame team that a lot of people like, proven track record here. Uh, so are you aboard the Jack Cohn train? Uh, I like Jack o- Cohn. He's a good leader, but their over under is nine. Yeah, that 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 that's exactly right. Where that's exactly yeah. where it should be. It's a push. They have Cincinnati, USC, and North Carolina on their schedule, and Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, UMass one and a half. Uh, <laughs> they're going over, right? Yeah, they're awful. They're they awful. Are awful. And so, with that, we have to wrap it up because I am uh, beyond out of time. I am now late for a dinner engagement. So um, we're gonna we're gonna have to end it there for the night. Josh, thank you so much for going through this. And Josh, next time we're all together, we're previewing yeah. games. It's gonna be week Ooh. one. I'm excited Hell about yeah, it. it is. So. Uh, on behalf of the coach, uh, who is uh, taking care of coachly things right now. To be and- fair, to be fair, if the coach was on this episode, we'd still be right in the middle of the sunbelt. Uh, we'd be in comfort. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Um, we might still be in the MAC. Um, uh, on behalf of coach, on behalf of our entire blogger from Big Ten County, Josh Cook. Uh, this is the professor Emeritus in Nashville saying so long, and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.